Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On this episode, I interview my good friend Jason Branham, aka Ducky. We talk about all the races he's been doing and how he's getting ready for the Georgia Death Race. It's an awesome episode, and I hope you enjoy it. But first, I got a new review on iTunes. Here it is five stars, great podcast from Grendel the Beast. Great laid back podcast that is an enjoy to listen to. I like the fact that they have age group and other racers closer to where I am in my game and not just elite racers. I am early in Spartan journey and I think this is a tool to help me improve. Well, I don't know about that, but at least you'll get a laugh here and there. But thank you for the uh, review. I really appreciate it. Met a ton of people at Asheville this weekend. I bet I talked to 30 different people and it was great. And what's so funny is, is most of them recognized my voice before they recognized me. And I just think that's kind of funny. One guy come up and told me that he enjoyed seeing the video where I was making fun of Michael carry the bucket the whole time. That was pretty funny. But anyway, this is a long episode, but it's really good. And I hope you enjoy it. What is up, Jason Branham? What's going on, man? Man, how are you doing? Saying just, uh, Heading to the ball fields to watch my team play. I'm a little out of it, as you know, what happened in Asheville and all that. So I can only watch from the sidelines, unfortunately. But, yeah, feeling good, man. Feeling really good. That's cool. So uh, before we get started, man, your nickname is Ducky, and you always run your races with some shorts on that have rubber ducks all over it. How would you get this nickname, bro? Man, it, it was just something that – when I went to Fort Carson in 2016, when I really started running the Spartan, uh, hardcore was traveling, going everywhere and seeing everything. And I just wanted to do something goofy and it ended up kind of sticking after that. I'd go to the races and be like, look, it's that ducky guy. Yeah. It just, it it kind of evolved from that. Like everybody who, uh, ever saw me at the races, they, they, they kind of remembered me for it. And the reason why is it originally you know, did in the first place was I I want to motivate people. Nobody wants to get passed by a man wearing rubber duck shorts. <laughs> so I used it primarily as a, a sense of motivation is why I did it. And it, it, it kind of stuck. And, you know, I, I play with it, have fun. I respond to it. Everybody hollers for me. Everybody, If I had a dollar for every time, everybody sung to me while I was out on course. Uh, <laughs> I might have like, I, I might have about $200 or something. But yeah, it was a, it, 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 it's just really fun uh, just to go out and have fun. I mean, we were talking not too long ago. That's the name of the game anymore. Just to go out and have fun. The moment you don't have fun anymore, then you may as well just give it up and pick another hobby. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I told somebody the other day, man, if I went to one of these races and was just acted serious the whole time, I would probably be bored out of my mind and just quit doing it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a few people that I know that are they're, they're kind of honed in like that, like, 
you know, we, we'll always hang out after the races and all that and talk with everyone. And we, we, we have fun there. And they go there, they race, they rinse off, and then they go home. And uh, that that's definitely not me. I'm, I like to have a good time. It's, it's the name of the game anymore. I, I, I did my serious place, you know, I was kind of coined back in 2017. And it came to a point to where, like, I just wasn't having fun anymore. And right. after I eventually coined, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to go in. I'm going to have fun. If I race great, I race great. And if I screw up, then so be it. You know, not every day can be payday whenever it comes to the racing world. You're going you're gonna to have a, a slip-up somewhere. You're going to miss a spear or you're, you're going to slip off of something. It just it happens. You yeah. know, nobody's perfect. Not even not even these Spartan elites can run every race, you yeah. know, from a, a clean perspective, so to say. Right. They can, you know, and you can practice it all the most. And, that, and that's what's funny nowadays is because a lot of the top-level elites are complaining about how the, the obstacles aren't hard enough, but they still ain't running perfect races. Maybe, maybe Atkins. I think Atkins has finally got his spear game down pretty well. Yeah, but Atkins was in, in the past. It seemed like it might have cost him a couple of times, but he, he seemed to have nailed it. So Atkins really—I uh, don't know if you saw or not—but that that deal that he did in the Adirondacks there this past weekend that was super impressive. I know, super dude. Impressive. I was like looking at this stuff on Strava, and I'm thinking, man, a week ago he was in Utah and he just run like a 40 mile run this week. That's insane, dude. Yeah. No, it, no, no, it was a 140 mile run. It wasn't even that. That was that was hitting all the forty uh, all the forty six hundred uh, peaks. Oh wow! In, uh, the Adirondack. It was a, it was a hundred like the length ended up being really close to the mileage of the Ironman that was ran in Lake Placid this past weekend. Oh, I just saw that he had placed in something, and I saw one of his Strava runs, and it was like forty something miles. And I was just thinking, man, yeah, this guy's and he a ended, I believe believe it was one of the uh, deals that he, he ended up setting like a record for something, and he's like, "Yep, I'm going for this Adirondack." going to run all the 4,600 peaks. Yeah, 140 miles. The man's a machine, I'm telling he you. He's, he, he's the Terminator. We, we, need to, we, need, we need to blood test him hardcore to see if he's machine or not. Right? I mean, he's, he's, like, he's uh, like got stem cells or something, man. He's, he's got something going on. He's, he's a good dude. I talked to Ryan. He recommended a, a bicycle helmet for me. I just bought a bike, which is what I'm limited to right now. I, Right. I did 30 miles worth of biking today, just relatively easy. So, but yeah, we'll we'll banter every now and then. He he's good at responding and answering questions. Like you know, if you have like something legit to ask him, he always seems to respond, and I respect that. He's not somebody that's full of himself. So my hats off to Ryan Atkins for for being cool essentially. And you know, he's all all the elites. I've I've never met one that hasn't been really nice to anybody that they talk to. They'll go out and they'll take pictures with everybody. It's just that's the difference between our sport and you know oh, yeah. you're looking at like professional baseball and basketball players. That oh yeah, some of them are a little full of themselves, but these guys aren't, and that's what I really like about the sport. Yeah, me too. So let me back up a little bit. So, man, like, where are you from, and what do you do for a living? Saying so, originally, I'm from a, a little town in eastern Kentucky called Elkhorn City. Right. Um, I ended up moving to Pennsylvania in 2011. Uh, I work in corporate real estate for PSE&G in New Jersey. They, um, they're they the electric and gas company, essentially, in the state of New Jersey, the largest landholder also in the state. And I'll go out. What I do is I go out and purchase easements for people, uh, or from people, I should say, uh, 
to be able to run guy wires and anchors in the yard for pole, uh, utility pole stabilization. Right. So the, that's one thing that I do. And then outside of that, I also do uh, what they call encroachments for right-of-ways. So everybody has seen the, the big, huge 500-kilovolt towers that oh, wow. uh, run throughout the, the right-of-ways and all that. Sometimes people will put things near those towers that don't need to be there, and I, I have to go out, and it's not my personality to kind of be a redneck, but sometimes you have to be and be like, look, you can't be putting a shed near, you know, within X amount of feet of this right-of-way to a property. you got to move it. Not ran into anybody that's been specifically mean about it. You know, they 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 kind of give you a little bit of pushback, but in the end, right. they know that they're in the wrong. So, like, how close can you have something to one of those things? I don't know what I just did there, Scotty. I accidentally hit a button on my steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cool. I thought I just thought you were stopped. You stopped. <laughs> no, I wasn't stopped. I'm just going up this hill, and I was turning the wheel, and I accidentally hit the little voice command button. So, oh. my apologies on that. But that's yeah, a- that's. That's what I do in shorts. I just go out and I just I kind of just scoop up property, or you know, it, it's still the per, the person who owns the property's property, right. and uh, we just buy rights to it through easements. It's just a a, a a funky little term to where you have rights to that little piece of land, but it's still the property owners. That sounds like a pretty cool job. Sounds interesting, anyway. Yeah, it fell into my lap essentially. The the guy who ended up hiring me. I met him a few times at my old job, and I always would go down to the casino with them and hang out, and then one day, I went down to the casino, there's one really close to my house, and we went out and ate, and we sat down and got to talking, and he was like, so what do you think about a career change? I stewed on it for a little while, like it was one of those things to where you're really comfortable, and you're kind of unnerved, you're, you're, you're nervy and unsure about it, and it took me a while, and Finally, it was just a leap of faith. I've always been somebody that's not been scared to try new things. And, you know, I'm usually the first person to give something a shot if I have the opportunity of doing it. If I've never did it and everybody else needs that first person to kind of break the ice, you know. Right. Hey, you're, you're not married, are you? Never been married, never been close, friend. Oh, yeah? No, there's, uh, you know, the last lady that I was seeing steadily or whatever was back in 2014 and um it sounds like you're a really smart guy ducky (laughs) (laughs) i I don't claim to be smart Uh, (laughs) it's just i just i like going out and doing my my thing anymore like it's not that i don't mind to compromise and all that but you know whenever we go out and do these races like we're gone for like you know days at a time and unless you're dating somebody that goes out and does the races, it's kind of hard to be able to maintain that, yeah, uh, that right. level of relationship that maybe she is looking for. Yep. So that's, that's another thing that's in the relationship world. It's just, it's difficult whenever you're on the road all the time. I mean, between us, I mean, I know you and you and Leanne race, and I think that's awesome that you guys do what it is that you do. And you go to races and you hang out and you get a chance to talk to people Finding somebody that likes to do that and travel, that's always really nice. Yeah, man, it's real cool. So y'all heard it here first. Ducky's looking for an OCR woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, Ducky, tell me how you got into OCR, man. 
you know, we refer back to what we were just talking about. Um, I always wanted to like run a Spartan race and I couldn't really find anyone to want to run one with me. And the, the last steady girlfriend that I had, she had ran the Spartan race in 2013 uh, up in Palmerton. And I was like, wow, I've been wanting to do that. And I ended up, they ran the Tough Mudder um, back whenever they still had like the electric eel and all that, really close to here at a turkey farm. Right. So I ended up running that with a friend of mine. Um, great time. Uh, I instantly fell in love with it. I ended up running a Savage Race at Skirmish, which is right up the road from here. That was really fun. And then getting into Spartan racing, that that, that kind of warped my mind that day. Because Tough Mudder was fun. I didn't really find anything that was overly difficult about yeah. it. But then whenever we got into Spartan racing in 2014 at Palmerton, that was my first race of, wow. Like, it, you talk about something that kicked me in the ass. Because yeah. I come out like gangbusters. <laughs> wasn't thinking that they were going to kind of tease you with the false peaks and all that and yeah sure enough brother like i got to the top of that first ascent and i thought i had it made and it started going up again i'm like i'm in trouble so yeah yeah, i mean it it was just something that it really warped my mind and it was like wow between it's always like the train always looking for different ways to be able to train you see people go out here and they were crushing. I think uh, John Yotsko won the race that I ran that particular day. Right. He ended up running in like an, just a little under an hour. And then I ended up, I was somewhere like at 2.46. And I'm thinking, 58 minutes, that's insane. Yeah. And then, like, it, it's something else. It still else. is. <laughs> it, it was such a taxing day, which... I don't know if you chew gum or anything like that while you race. I do. It's just something that I do because I'll breathe through my mouth sometimes. So it's a good way of not, like, drying out or anything. Yeah. But, yeah, I lost my gum in that race about, man, I would say about a mile in off of one of the uh, descents. And I was like, I'm really in trouble now. And, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm telling you, brother, it was was something else. And I just, it made me work at it and want to get better at it and i i'm not the best i'm definitely a lot better than what i was than that first day definitely a lot better well i know you've run a lot of races i was looking at your athletes you've been all over the place running spartan races how many have you done uh spartan racing as far as athletes goes i think i'm somewhere in the 80 to 90 range uh some of the the deals that are listed on there are like some trail races. I think there's a couple of marathons. Um, there's a there's a 5K or a, a five-miler ran at Palmerton back in April, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, that's listed on there. But, yeah, I'm in the 80 to 90 range. And, like I said, I was, I was traveling hardcore with them. I ended up with – I had nine trifectas in 2016 and wow. I think eight in 2017. So yeah, we're my, that's where I ended up meeting a lot of people that day, and they are still, or that year, they are still like some of my bestest friends, and that's really why I go to races anymore. I just want to see my friends, yeah, that's somebody that I have in common with, and I'm able to go out, have fun, talk to everybody, and like, you, we're hanging out at the venue for 
two, three hours, and we see everybody. Everybody knows who we are. We're friends with the officials yeah. and everybody that works for Spartan. They they say hi to us, and we are the ones. The elites are always nice, but you know we're not. You and I, we aren't getting paid for this. We go out Heck and have no. a good time, and if we hit the podium, hey, that's awesome. Which you kicked ass this past weekend. You you really turned it on between. I would say late, like middle part of last year about this time, because you crushed Asheville last year also, I recall. Yeah. And, that, like, we, we, we're, we're doing this for free. We ain't doing it for the money. Yeah. We, we all work our regular jobs. We're doing it for the medals. <laughs> yes, we do, it, we do it for medals, and, you know, I Hanging like doing out. it just to be able to stay in shape and do the fun stuff that I love to do. Like, it, it's, uh, there's no place that i'd rather be at than out somewhere in the middle of nowhere i'm not a big phone guy or anything anymore like i never really was but i like getting outside and just being off the grid and that's what i enjoy about some of these venues like Asheville. there was no signal at Asheville. i didn't even bother taking my phone in and i was totally fine with that totally 100 percent fine with that because nobody can bother me it's just me and that Relates back to the girlfriend thing. She maybe she want me to check in, and I can't check in because there's no signal where uh, the uh, gravel quarry is. So that's right. Yeah, being off the grid and running the long races, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy. Man, and it's like you said, it doesn't matter where you go. I feel like I could go to a, a race on the other side of the country, and I would still see somebody there that I know or somebody that I've talked to on Instagram or Facebook, and. I could just carry on a conversation like we were best friends just because we've shared the same experiences and the same like struggles and stuff through racing, man. Uh, I agree. And it, it's always good, too. You have people that they might ask you questions or they need advice and all that. And that's another thing that I thoroughly enjoy. I like giving people advice and, on how to get through stuff. Uh, you know, hey, how should I train for this? Or you really kill those climbs. What is it that you do? Mm. Like, I'm, I'm open to answer any questions that anybody were to have and share racing stuff. And, yeah, it, it, it's really fun to go to races. And it really, you, you pick up where you left off, seems like it, whenever you see them again. They're, they're, they're like, they're old buddies. And you go to the races and you see them. And you're exactly right about going, going across the country. I went to Big Bear this past year, which is, Boy, you talk about a, a steep venue. That's a very fun venue. Uh, a little elevated, a little hard to breathe. But, yeah, a uh, cat named Gary Paulson. I think everybody knows him as the, the yeah. guilted guy. I know who yeah, he's talking about. Uh, I met him in uh, 2017 out in Tahoe, and we've kept in contact ever since. And it was whenever we saw each other this past year at Big Bear, it was like we picked right up where we left off in Tahoe. And... I was giving him kind of like some tips on how to complete an ultra. He was supposed to go to Hawaii and run the ultra. And as, as we all know, they kind of got rained out uh, because uh, yeah, of that hurricane that year. last year. So, yeah, it was just a, a, a bad year for that. And then there was some circumstances happened, and he didn't get an opportunity to come to Jersey. And he's, he's still working at it, and I'm, I'm wanting to see him get a buckle really, really soon. There's there's some races out that way uh, toward the end of the year that that added California race in December. Yep. Maybe he can have an opportunity of getting out there and hitting that one. So yeah, it's I love the community. The community is really awesome, and that's what makes me 
continue to come back. As much as everybody gripes and complains about what Spartan does sometimes, the community is really what makes it. You're right. The racing, the racing of it, the racing part of it, that's just... That's that's us getting an opportunity just to, you know, we get to run against each other and just have fun. And, you know, you and I, we banter and all that. You yeah. saw me doing burpees in Palmerton a couple of weeks ago whenever I missed my spear. I was trying to catch you after I passed you at the Irish table. And, yeah. you know, we're like, you're like, get it. And you're always telling me to come catch you anymore because you're, we race in the same age group now. And yeah, man, you're, you're a hell of a competitor. I, I try to chase you down. I just, here lately, I can't run a clean race. I know. I remember in my, in when, my head right now. when we were in Palmerton and I was going up that hill with a sandbag, I was just thinking to myself, I don't know how I can do, I don't know how we did two of these last year. And about that, and I'm, I think having to stop on Saturday, because I, I just felt like worse on Saturday. And here you come just like a linebacker, just pushing through the crowd, getting all the way to the top, like it didn't even phase you. And I was like, damn. <laughs> it's, it's just something that I like training with. That's, 70 pound wreck bags on stairmasters and just pushing through everybody calls me a like i got a i'm a mountain goat essentially you don't see i, I really wish there was like a clydesdale division for myself oh you'd kevin fucking gregory kill it. and all that yeah like we kevin gregory and i would dominate the clydesdale oh, yeah. division if there were such thing yeah so what did you say you said you weighed like what two two or five two ten yeah, I, I, before I weighed in in Asheville, I was actually 214s. Damn. Because when we were in Palmerton, Ducky was in front of me on, like, the most technical downhill section of it. And, dude, it, it was all I could do to keep up with you. I mean, that's how fast you were strolling, man. I mean, it was insane. That was that was fun. Me and you banging down those hills, that was fun, yeah, that, dude. It was a lot of fun. I, I'm finally getting the confidence back in my my ankle after I destroyed it in a, a race back in uh, last September, uh, back where I'm from, which I'm going back and seeing if I can place a little bit better than what I did in that race. I mean, I only got one more place to go because Chad Houck and I, we uh, ended up crossing the finish line in second place together. So oh, wow. it'd be nice to be able to pull that one off. But yeah, I destroyed my ankle in that race in the second mile and then ended up rolling it a few more times um, during the race. And, yeah, it was it was purple and swollen. And, man, I, I, I did everything that I could to get it ready for the following weekend uh, for the Ultra in Vermont. And, yeah, it was, I'm, just, I'm finally getting the confidence back in it to where I can really want to bomb those downhills. And what you just described in Palmerton and us bombing those technical downhills, that was – that was fun. That's that's old school. Don't have a care in the world. You got to trust your feet, and yeah. I got confidence now to be able to trust my feet again on those. Did the same thing in Asheville this past weekend, also on like those really technical descents. Those were fun. Those were fun. Those were really fun. That's what I like about Asheville. Is just I love technical trails where you have to be on your toes, watching every single rock or log or the steep descents through the woods, through the cut, man, that's, that's me. That's what I like. Yeah. In my opinion, the only thing that stunk about Asheville down a couple of those technical descents or, uh, was the, the grapevines were, uh, in a couple of places and yep. I, my toe caught a couple of them, but somehow I was able to shake it and still keep on my feet and bomb on the downhills. But yeah, the rocks and all that people, 
I mean, I don't want to use the term pussyfoot, but they would kind of stay on the, the beaten path. And yep. on the downhills, like, you could really make up time, especially if they're super technical, by just picking a straight line and just going. Right. Don't be scared. You just you can't be scared. Yep. And you pick that up whenever somebody gets to a point, if somebody takes 10 steps and you're taking five, that's how much, you know, how much more space that you're making up between yourself and them. And then eventually you get by them, and then you don't see them again. Yeah, I did that at the trail race. I was chasing chasing people this past weekend, and those technical downhills, they were kind of sliding and taking their time where that trail had been beaten down from the super the day before. And yeah, I just went in with no fear, and yeah, just did my thing. And I had I had a blast during the trail race. Had a blast during the sprint. As sucky as the super was for me, worst race I've ran in a while. I still had fun, especially our fire jump picture, brother. Yeah, that, that was, was the best. Great. I'm going to put that fire jump picture with this episode. So. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was cool. <laughs> I was just, I was waiting on you because I was like, I'm going to go down there and get on all fours when Ducky comes, and I'm going to holler at him and get you to jump over me. That was pretty cool. I knew Van was there taking pictures, so I knew he'd do a good job too. <laughs> well, he did, a, he did. He did a fantastic job. It almost looked like because I mean, it's from a perspective thing, also. Because one of the pictures out of the series, it almost looks like that I'm going to kick you in the back of the head, yeah. but I was nowhere near the back of your head. And that's but what somebody from, said. They thought I thought he was going to kick you in the back of the head. Yeah. From perspective, though, that's how it looks. But in reality, I was nowhere near that. And that was it, it was great whenever I saw that. It was, it was a good time on Saturday, especially after just being able to talk about everything. Because yeah. you saw it, and I didn't get a chance to see it. And then all of a sudden, I saw it, and I'm like, wow. That was really good because we're both we're really looking at the camera together and just right. goofing off and that's and that's once again going back and having fun. It's exactly. What man. makes it fun, man? You go out and have fun and that's man, what we like to go out and do. There's a lot of guys, man, and they just the they eat, sleep and, and drink, you know, this this you know, the hardcore eliteness of the sport. Even some guys that run age group, you know, but Man, that just ain't me, man. If I mean, I try to talk to everybody. If I if I pass somebody and I can breathe good, I mean, I'm going to tell them good job. You know, if somebody pack comes around me and passes me, I tell them good job, man. I just like talking to people, even though I'm racing, man. It just makes it fun. Absolutely, somebody's powering through. Yeah, always give a word of encouragement to anybody, yeah. and especially like you're on fun laps or whatever. Like I run into because I like to run a lot of ultra races, yeah. and. I, I, I talk to every open person that I'll see, like on single tracks and all that. Right. Whenever they're they're going through, and just like no matter of all all shapes and sizes, everybody if, if they're in shape, out of you know not in the best of shape, they're out there yeah. busting their hump. I'm cool with that, and I'll tell them good job whenever I go by. Yeah, everybody likes you know encouragement. You know. Yeah, you, you're you're wearing that purple jersey, and like people they. They're like, wow, how do you do that? And it's like, you, you got to train for it, but you're out here busting ass, and you know, work, you got to work your way up to that, and you'll yeah. be able to get there. But yeah, the words of encouragement, yeah. There was there was one race where uh, Brandon Martin, everybody knows Bam. I know I him. Yeah, I'm crazy. Um, there was a, jer- a Jersey race uh, a couple of years ago before he left to uh, go overseas to do his job. Um, it was during the uh, it was the super races, the the ones late in the year in the fall, 
we were there until the last person crossed the finish line. Oh, wow. Talking to people over how to get over that eight-foot wall. The eight-foot wall was right there before you go up where, like, the rope climb and you curl around yeah. to where the end is. Everybody was having trouble with it. And we we sat there, and we were, we were drinking the venue beers and just having a ball, telling people how to get up. I would hop the I would hop the gate. People would figure it out, and they were excited as hell. And I'd slap them five and tell them good job. Like it's 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 what it's about. Yeah, and man. It's it's it, it's getting better. It's it's yeah. This is what it is. Yeah, man. I totally agree with you, man. So you were saying something like you wrecked your ankle before going to Vermont and doing the ultra last year. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Saying I uh, ran the uh, the brakes ultra. In um, September, it was September eighth, I think, and then like one week later was the the Vermont Ultra. Dude, you uh, crushed the v- Vermont Ultra, dude. Yeah, I ended up. Uh, Didn't I you did hit the podium, get like first in your age group on that year? No, they were last year uh, where it was a forty to forty nine age group. Yeah, um, the solo um, had um, he did something that you know he probably should have granted a, a penalty for doing but eh, it is what it is but i ended up uh, running a, a 10 hour 14 vermont ultra that's ended awesome fourth overall and second in the uh four it, then it was a 40 to 49 category but i got up early that morning and uh chad pounk had wrapped my ankle pretty much like an offensive lineman right ton of tape around it and it, it worked out perfect to where it didn't really bother me during the race, and I was able to go out and do my thing. The only thing that bothered me during the race was I, when I was coming through transition, I had left one of my nutritional packs, and that you know how insane that bucket carry was last year. Oh, yeah. Like, if I had only had that, then, yeah, I would have been top three overall in that race because I bonked. One of the racers on course gave me a couple of uh, – like cliff blocks and it brought me out of my bonk and then I just kind of went berserk at the end trying to catch the guy that I knew that ended up placing third overall because I watched him go by me after I'd worked so hard to catch up to him and get by him yeah I know you I know you crushed that race because I was in transition the same time you were and I run elite I I I got really scared because that was my first time there and when I got on that ultra loop and saw how trialing it was, I kind of said, you know what, I'm going to kind of just take a little bit of step back and go into finish mode and not competitive mode because I was getting nervous on that ultra loop at how steep it was. And I was thinking, man, we hadn't even got to the death march yet. And this right here is treacherous. <laughs> yeah, the, the, de- the death march had nothing on that ultra loop. It really um, didn't. I think some of the uh, some of the gradient on that was somewhere in the fifties. Yeah. Uh, somebody told me around fifty four percent because there were sections of that to where like you're you're essentially at a crawl. It felt like. Yeah, and you, you have like grab onto trees and stuff to get up these little cliffs and stuff. Yeah, it was it it, it was definitely and to have to do it twice. Yeah. Wow, is wow. You know, you're running down. You're like, man, I, I know what hell awaits me after I go down here and I do this sled and armor combination obstacle and I'm waking my way back up. Yep. Yeah, that, that Vermont Ultra is fun. And I, I really hope that Spartan 
makes an ultra series, that would be that would really, be cool. really awesome. That would be yeah, cool. Yeah, because I love, I love distance running. Saying the fast running, you know, it, unless you're racing against people your own way, keeping up with you. And, I mean, I know you say you're out of shape, but you're in shape, buddy. Don't quit saying that. But uh, Dustin <laughs> Living Good, like guys the size of Dustin Living Good and Kevin Donahue, they're hard to catch in these, these little short races. Oh, because yeah. That's what they are built for. Give me a long race, and I'm eventually going to catch them because their bodies, they really can't take the toll as what, you know, mine can compared to theirs. I mean, if they train for it, I'm sure they could probably just crush it because there's some of those elites that are just unreal whenever it comes to uh, running those ultras. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jesse Bruce, the name one, he murdered, yeah, he's absolutely awesome. murdered that Vermont Ultra last year. Yeah, I know. When I saw, like, all the elite times and, and stuff, I was like, I had no business even being an elite. <laughs> yeah, was... they, there's something else, which... You know, racing an elite and all that, I mean, I like racing elite. I mean, everybody's like, you're doing, I mean, I, I don't think that I'm nowhere near elite oh, me and all that, but I don't mind. I, I, I like to see where I stack up every now and then against them just to yeah. see, like, all right, I, I, I need to work on this. And mm. yeah, well, that's, that's the beauty of having the age group because you're racing against, essentially, you're racing against guys that are, yeah. Above average, easily, yeah. and like especially the competitive ones. There's some people that they they jump in there and they they probably should run an open wave before they get to where they're finishing like top ten open wave. Then make your way up to the age group. I encourage people to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to me, the age group is, and I mean, you got some people in there that take it super serious, but I mean, it's kind of like a more laid back race with like, it's like you're going out racing with your friends or your brothers or something, you know? That's exactly what it is, bro. It, 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 it's a brotherhood. It really is. And you see the same guys at all the races, especially yeah. the, the top guys, you know, we, we all talk to each other. There's, there's a, a, a huge huge mutual respect between all of us whenever we get out there it's just we, it's we, an we, awesome you know, friendly competition in. oh absolutely that, that's what i like about it some of those guys are unreal though you, you look at bruce which you you were keeping up with bruce man and he's uh he, he's a he's a quick guy man, holds he, another yeah. one to name he's like, fast man when, when it gets to like open trails him and cole man man they can they just take off blister it I yeah, think I think what helped me the most on Saturday during the Super was the technical descents because during the sprint, the only thing that saved me during the sprint is I run clean and a lot of people failed stuff. That was the only thing that saved me during the sprint. A lot of people couldn't flip that tire that was so wet on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that tire was there. Me too. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it slows down uh, people, especially like... If you're redlining the entire race, yeah, like, that's a hard like flip we were, we were at the end of the race. Guys earlier that weigh like 130 pounds, yeah, they have difficulty lifting that tire off of the ground. Yeah, and I, you and I would just go and hoss cat that stuff over, and it's I like it, I really do. I do like the new rule that they came out with with the the hand release. So, I mean, I could see why they would come out with it. Right, there it's was, easier like, to judge because. You've seen some of the uh, races on TV where some people bounce it so fast you can't really tell if they even went all the way to the ground with it. Exactly, and that's what I like about the hand release is it, it, it kind of takes that that judgment part out of it, and you know that it 
it's at least been on the ground. Right. Well, see, no, none of the volunteers said that we had to do that when I went up to it, so I did it the old-fashioned way, but you can tell I take the thing all the way to the ground because I take it all the way to the ground and take a couple of breaths before I lift it back up. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw somebody had uh, posted a video of you doing that, and it was like, I saw that you did it that way. I mean, there are ways I, I feel that that could be a little bit taxing. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you're, you're doing more work. Down, yeah, you're lowering that down, and you're using you know a lot of extra energy to try to set that down and then rest it and then lift it back up. So it get, has its pros and its cons for yeah. sure. But well, the, I'm, I'm happy that they invoked that rule, and I, I I expect them to do a hardcore and what like be looking at that hardcore in West Virginia. I do uh, too. Coming up next month. I do too. And on that hill where they always put the tires in West Virginia, it, some spots it's tricky to get your hands under that tire. I oh, want, absolutely, because that ground's so saturated and that tire just sinks up into that grass. Yeah. And it's uh, it's difficult. It, it's really difficult. And uh, it got me in West Virginia, actually. Um, I can't remember if it was it was in 2017 at the Super Race Right. Uh, that next morning. Yeah, it, it got me. And I was like, wow, I can't lift this tire. But there was like really nowhere to where you could get your fingers underneath it. And I know everybody talks about doing like that pinch grip. Yeah. And the only thing that stinks about that is... If your hands are wet, it's about impossible. <laughs> yeah, if your hands are wet, then yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to figure out a way to do that. But then again... How do you practice for a pitch grip if you don't have a 400-pound Yokohama tire to practice on? Because not all tires are created equal. Well, I know that if, if the tire's dry, I can use that. that Where you can you position like your palm in that crevice of the tread on one when you pinch it. And then with yeah. your other hand, you put your finger in that little, I guess, crevice or curve in the tread. And that kind of helps... And then you just plant your forearms into it and lean it up. That's how we did it in West Virginia because we got there at the open house and we kind of practiced it a little bit before the next yeah. day because we could already tell that, you know, you know, all the elites in front of us are going to flip the tires a hundred times. And most of the tires, you could walk around the whole tire and you couldn't find a place to get your fingers under it. Yeah. So, but I'm like you, you know. At, at, at the end of the Asheville race, in the open house, man, I bet I flipped the tire three times, didn't have any problem. Redlining, coming at the end of that race, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it, it was a game changer. Yeah, very different world. And it, 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 there were some people that you see that they always run clean races, but you throw something that's not typically on a sprint. Uh, like that tire, it's not on every sprint. And I was I was very happy that they had that tire on there because that's at least something that you're going to have a you're going to have some burpees to count because not everybody's going to be able to lift that off the ground. Yeah. And that's one thing that I miss about the sprints. I love running sprints, but I mean I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. That way they don't have to count a thousand burpees from high failure obstacles. Right. But at the same time, you know, if you're people that of like myself if you're chasing somebody down and you're not really throwing anything that's going to slow them down, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be able to compete with them. Yeah, taking Olympus and Twister out of the sprints, and, I mean, that's, it's made it a, 
you know, unless it unless it's like wet or really cold, a yeah. sprint's gonna. And the only really thing that's gonna trip people up is gonna be the spear. Yeah, that, you know, that's that's been my problem here lately. Is the spear since the the switch from the hay bales to the the foam? I've only hit that spear twice this year on that foam. Mm-hmm. That's funny. As I go to Al's head and. They had uh, the straw. They had like a saran wrap in front of it, but it was a hay bale, and I nailed it both times on both laps of the uh, the ultra uh, at Owl's Head, which the way that race ended totally disappointed me because, you know, getting getting pulled off of that mountain because of something that you can't control. Right. It wasn't that I was injured or I wasn't going to make it or I missed a time hack. You can't control what Mother Nature does, and it, it was really really crappy that i didn't get the chance to cross that finish line and but you no, still you, you still got over 30 that. miles at that race though right what was that you got over 30 miles at that race though right no i, I ended up at 26.67 miles i was under six miles to go the race would have ended up being 32 and a half miles wow. i ran i ran clean that race so the, they actually had penalty loops for um their spear uh, there was one other obstacle that they had a penalty loop on, and I didn't hit either one of those. Um, but yeah, thirty-two and a half miles. They could have did without putting the like the there was an ultra down and back that they did. You went all the way down to the bottom of this mountain, and then you went all the way back up. And they could have did without that. That ended up adding an extra almost two miles onto it. So if they were looking to do it around 30 miles, they could have did without that. And they just had a little puzzle for you at the bottom. And I like the fact, though, that they didn't tell you that they were going to roll out a, a cheat mat down there at the bottom because there would have been an easy way of people not going all the way down at the bottom and coming out of there. Yeah. So it was the same puzzle, both laps. But, yeah, you go down to the bottom and, yeah, there was a time mat down there, and I really like that they put a time mat down there. Hey, that, so, yeah, it keeps that, people that, you from You talk about cheating. a fun race, man. I know, uh, and everybody was talking about that that was way harder than Killington, and you've done pretty much all of the ultras in, you know, you've done all the hard ones. You've done Tahoe and, and New Jersey and Killington. So to you, which one has been the hardest one? Outhead, hands down. Hands 100% down. 100% fact, there's... There's like there's not even a one A and one B. Uh, Al's head, it, it, it's just a race of its own. I mean, like there are really no spots on the course that you can really run. Like it's just so steep and it's just compact, up down, up down. The descents are so sharp. You really you got to be careful whenever you're running. Uh, down them because you don't want to blow your quads too quick in that race because you won't finish because there's so many dis- like sharp descents right. after climbing. But yeah, Al's head by far 20, 26 miles and change on that race, and I was almost at thirteen thousand feet elevation gain. And Killington this past year was I think it was what well, what was it around twelve thousand total. I think it was twelve. Yeah, if I remember right. So. Yeah, you're you're looking at a thousand more feet, and I still had six miles to go. It it would have been close to seventeen thousand feet of elevation gain for the full ultra of that race, which wow. 
an insane amount of climbing. I mean, I was 11 hours in and still had six hours, six miles uh, to go. Dang. And that's just unheard of. It was going to be some slow miles. But, yeah, ultras being in that 11-hour range, my first ultra that I completed in Vermont after failing Owl's Head, the last time that they had ran an ultra there, it took me almost 12 hours to run it. Wow. And that was the longest one that I had ran. Uh, Killington was my longest ultra. it was my longest run last year and I think I was 11 and a half yeah that's that, that's about if, if you're you're good and trained for it and you're ready to do it I can remember crossing the finish line there was a a guy uh, his name was Eric um, his last name begins with a pair of U's he's a chiropractor up in Poughkeepsie yeah uh, he, he always wears like a yellow hat whenever he's out on course he he hasn't been able to have an opportunity to get out there here recently but um he and i caught up with i caught up with him on the the second lap that year and we ran and we were running really strong and it was just it's it's nice to find somebody that you can pace with also at these races yes makes it fun it makes it yeah it makes it fun and it's so much easier to do that and i did the same thing in al's head caught up with um uh david uh, I think his last name is Hopper. Yeah. And uh, he and I, we ran with each other for a while um, on that second lap. We got to the Spears. We nailed both of them. Got to the rig. We both nailed it. We were doing everything. We were both of us were highly disappointed whenever we got yanked off of that mountain. But yeah, whenever you're pacing with somebody, yeah, it makes it a lot more fun. And from a mental perspective, it's a, it's a nice little. Um, your, your brain relaxes a little bit because, yeah, you're in racing mode or whatever, but you don't even feel like you're racing if you're pacing with someone. Yeah, you just, and you got somebody you to talk going. to. Yeah, you have someone to talk to. There seems like I remember a race that I remember Ryan Atkins uh, talking about being out there and being up front. It was an ultra race. I think it was in Jersey this past year. And he'd mentioned about how lonely it was being out in front of everybody the entire race, especially on the first lap because there was nobody to run into with the exception of the volunteers that were at the, at the obstacles. Yeah. I'm sure he had plenty of people to talk to on the second lap. On the second (laughs) lap, yeah. He was just, what an impressive run by that man, what he did. Right. I caught that one. I called that one. Whenever we were in the corral, I said Ryan Atkins will win the race, and it'll probably be around six hours. And he was just a tick over six, wow. and that's just that race was no joke. And yeah, it was I had colder to run there that this race, year. but to run that in six hours, I'm telling you, the man's a machine. He is an absolute machine. Yeah, I was at Palm Beach at the sprint when y'all were doing that this year, enjoying the beach <laughs> and the warm weather. Yeah, how was that race, by the way? It was. It was a good race. They did, I mean, it was a flat venue, you know, and they did yeah. a lot with the water crossings and everything. It was so fast, dude. It, it was it was a really fast race. It was fun. We had a good time. I'd never been that south in Florida, so that was kind of cool, too. And I had some points saved on my uh, credit card, so we stayed at, like, a beach resort for nothing. So it was worth Very it. Very nice. Yeah, we ended yeah, up running two laps both days. Yeah, I, was say, I saw a few pictures of the venue, and it, it looked really cool, but, yeah, I, I also remember recalling that it was ultra flat, yeah. and, which, you know, in Florida, you're not going to see any mountains down there unless it's a trash mound yeah. uh, and well, all that. They did actually find, 
like a sand kind of like valleyed up hill, you know, like it looked like a yeah. pile of sand, like from construction or something. And, and they did put the sandbag on that and that was kind of cool. I mean, and there was like some, just like, you know, nothing like ditches and stuff you'd run in and out of a lot. But besides that, man, it was fast and flat, super fast. Like, dude. was it like Jacksonville? Would you, would you describe it as Jacksonville almost? It was drier than Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville was a mud fest. Oh, it was through a few of those sections, definitely. Yeah. yeah, Jacksonville was just totally wet. I would probably say that I enjoyed it. I mean, well, Jacksonville was a super, and I liked that part of Jacksonville. But yeah. as far as, like, course conditions, I probably like Palm Beach better. It was just prettier land, you know, real beachy, sandy-looking land. It was just prettier. Or Jacksonville looked kind of swampy. <laughs> Yeah, the coolest part about Jacksonville was running around that track at the beginning to me. Yeah. That was the coolest part. And and that's what Palm Beach looked like for the most part, was just that sandy part of that track, you know. It was pretty cool. And you, ran, you pretty much run around this huge lake, you know, so it was pretty cool. It was really cool when I almost stepped on a copperhead that was in the middle of the trail. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's no good, man. You don't want to run up on anything like that, no, especially heck, a copperhead. No. And then, like, and the rig was, like, right after that. And I was hollering at the volunteers. I was like, there's a copperhead back there. There's a copperhead back there. And I, I, I don't even think they were paying attention to me. So <laughs> I hope nobody got oh. bit. <laughs> I hope nobody got bit at that race. That, yeah. that would have been bad. Been yeah, really bad. Bad enough we got to look out for bears and stuff. Now, I know they were talking about, like, hey, we've seen some bears out on course and all that. It's like, I'm not really worried about bears unless yeah. I see a baby bear. If I see a cub out there, I'm running the other way. That's I don't right. care. That's, that's me, too. Uh, I, I'm running as far away from a cub as I can. That's me. I remember the first year I went to New Jersey in 2016 and did the ultra there. We saw uh, there was, like, baby bear cubs in the tree right by the trail we went by. And I was just telling everybody around you, I was like, all right, guys, we're fixing to have a race. <laughs> <laughs> that bear comes out, it's going to be every man for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I've yet to see a bear on course, so I've, I've been pretty lucky. And I've, I've went to a lot of venues and have yet to see any bears, whether it be Tahoe or Jersey, Vermont. I know they're there. I yeah. just I've been very fortunate. I, I don't know how I'd react if I were to run up on a bear. I tell you what, uh, the last uh, year they had uh, wintergreen. I was uh, I got a real good deal on like a, a resort up there, and I stayed there for the whole week. And they actually had some trails uh, pretty close by, and I was walking. It was kind of an out and back trail, and I walked out, and I was on my way back, and I was probably about two miles away from the car. And uh, I was looking that, uh, down at the ground, and I looked up, and all of a sudden, I come around this curve, and there was this huge black bear walking my direction on the trail. And I stopped and looked at him, and he stopped and looked at me, and I was kind of like thinking in my mind, oh, shit, what do I do? And this bear, <laughs> I think he thought the same thing, and he turned around and ran, and I could feel the ground shake. That's how big he was pounding the ground as he run away. And I was just thinking, man, I'm glad he was, he didn't know I was more scared of him than he was me. That's the thing I always heard about black bears, especially like they're, they're really more scared of you than you are of them. But yeah, I, I can definitely see your point. 
And what was so I, I, bad? I'd probably be shitting my britches if I saw one, yeah. run up on one on a trail all of a sudden. And, just, and what was so bad? Life. I had to follow him because that was the direction back to my car, dude. So I like oh, no. broke off this little tree that had a bunch of leaves on it. And I was just dragging it against all the bushes and everything around, trying to make as much noise as I could. And I ran into these two people, and I guess they were like locals. And I said, y'all might not want to go that way. I just seen a black bear. And they were like, oh, okay. And they just kept walking that direction like they weren't scared of it. <laughs> I said, I guess I'm just a big bear pussy or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, hey, man, oh. I know that... You qualified for a cool-ass race that's down here close to me called the Georgia Death Race, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's uh, 74 miles of awesome from everything that I've ever heard about it. Well, that's one uh, way you could say it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, the way the guys got it hyped up and all that, I, I really like that. I watched, the, the like, the lottery being picked. It's very very cool to see that my friend Rebecca White was the very first person that was picked in the lottery that she's going to be down there. You talk about right. a badass Spartan female and all that. Don't let her fool you. She says she's not that fast. She's full of shit, dude. Yeah. She, she's a monster out there on the course. and she's She ran a 50K this past weekend up in New York, and it's up and down a ski slope. She uh, ended up uh, doing a little bit faster than what she did last year. And uh, she's going to be down there. I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I don't know if it's 23,000 feet of elevation gain or elevation change. I'd have to go back and research that. From everything I've heard, if you get past the first 28 miles, then the rest of it's not too bad. Right. But the first, the first 28 miles, according to everyone that I've spoke to, uh, that's in a little group that we'll banter back and forth. They said that's that's the hard part of the race. Mm. That's where you're going to see your most elevation change during the race. I really, and I, I watched just get warmed a, up at 28 miles. Uh, I, I watched a video on it uh, one time, and I remember they talking about this is like a, a race that's meant to kind of tour the mountains of Georgia, and it's a, like a 70-mile race that kind of – tours like mountaintops and it's you know it's point to point race and it's 28,000 feet of like elevation change man so and they make you carry that uh that railroad spike with you the whole time oh really this is news to me i didn't know they made you carry a railroad spike oh it's you didn't know that it's, it's no, like i did not know that yeah it's like the nail in the coffin or something like that and i think like you I think if you tap out, you have to give it back or something like that, maybe. I might be wrong about that. But oh, yeah. wow. And now, now i got more reason to push through so I can hold on to my railroad spike then. That's, yeah. that's a, a very cool souvenir Isn't to it? be able to claim, you know, to, to show off to people. A nice conversation. Too. And I think it's like a, a, it's custom, too. I don't know if they, you know, put Georgia Death Race on it or not, but I remember reading that, that it was something like that. Wow, I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, training, training wise, uh, I just picked up a bike. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I, I biked 30 miles total today. Right. 10, 10, 10 this morning and 20 uh, after the incident in Asheville. I'm, I'm not doing any uh, any impact uh, while I got these stitches in my leg. 
at that because of that sketchy water crossing yeah. and all that. I'm uh, sure if a, yeah. anybody that run Asheville in any year, there's that little water trench that you go in that gets almost waist deep. And I remember it from the first year I went there that there's a bunch of hidden rocks all through there that are jagged and they're about shin height. And if you go through there faster than walking pace, you're going to hit one. It's just a yeah. matter of time. Yeah, and I was one of the lucky ones that got to hit this past weekend, and it was at the trail race too. Yeah, I made I made it through fine on Saturday, yep. and because it was right after yeah. Beater, I think, right? What it was it, it was right after Beater, because uh, whenever I was running the trail race, uh, the guy you were telling me about, whenever we watched the elites go off during the sprint, the the Latin guy that you said that just murdered the the race in Palm Beach. His name's like Asher or Ashton or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he, He's got he, a tattooed on his back. He caught up to me. He ran the age group uh, oh, wow. trail race. Oh, wow. He caught up to me and ended up doing beater, and I told him to look out for those rocks going through there, and I think he might have clipped it a little bit because Ooh. he ended up swimming, and then it wasn't two seconds later, I ended up, I swung out a little too wide to the right instead of staying a little bit to the inside, and I caught that knife-edge rock, and, man, it it was a heck of a gash. Yeah, it, caught, it was. It put five stitches in my leg, but mm. I want to keep my cardio, and it's why I'm hitting the bike hardcore. It's healing up real nice, though. Like, the there's no, there's no redness or anything around it. Like, today kind of sucked because... You ever had a bruise and had somebody just push on it? Yeah. Well, that's what it felt like. It's just like I have a bruise and somebody's just sticking their index finger just right on that bruise. And I took a couple of a leave and that went away. So Yeah, as it, long as it don't get infected like Chad's did. It's as a long, good time, man. Yeah. Good as long as it don't get infected like Chad's did at Tough Mudder. Oh, boy. Man, that uh, was a nightmare. That, that was one thing that I was debating about, too, whenever <laughs> I was... You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to end up in the hospital for a few days. Which Chad did the right things. Yep. They sewed him up there at Tough Mudder, and that was ended up being what kind of cost him was yep. that. Yeah, because they probably sewed up some mud in there or something. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> cleaned well before they sewed it up. But yeah. you know, kudos to him because he ended up getting his contender status after injuring himself. Yeah, but, he did. That was a gnarly gash, and then he, because didn't he get it, like, on the second lap? Yeah, no, it was mile two. It was, oh, it wow. was the second mile on the first lap. That's crazy. Yeah, and, like, one of the water trenches, a splintered piece of wood. Yeah, wasn't he in the hospital for, like, over a week, too, wasn't he? It was four days he yeah. was in the hospital for, down in uh, Reading, PA, which is right down the road from where I live at. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was down there, man, like, it was. I was real concerned about my friend. I didn't think it was going to be end up because he went to a there's like an urgent care joint right up the road from where I live. They just built it, so it's brand new. Yeah, and they cleaned it out and resewed it back up. But whenever Chad initially did his, um, whenever like he was getting ready to leave, but he was making he was sleeping on the couch and was just like. It was almost like he was broke out in a cold sweat, and something wasn't right because some of the some of the sounds that he was making while he was sleeping just didn't sound good. And right. He's fortunate that he was close to a hospital whenever he uh, ended up 
you know, admitting himself, which is it's very smart. Chad's a smart dude. Yeah, he is. He's my he's, he's my cool. team insane brother. I love him to death. Yeah. So, how how many miles are you like before you got injured? Are you putting in to train for the Georgia Death Race, man? For the Georgia Death Race, I'm probably going to end up. I, I would like to get my mileage up somewhere. I, you know, you don't have to run a lot of miles. It's just more time on your feet. Right. And it, it's pacing. It's staying in certain heart rate zones and being able to push. Um, you could probably get away with putting in 50 miles max. Yeah. I, where I've trained before for long races. Yeah, I've never went like super crazy how some people do 100 mile weeks or yeah. anything like that. I, I've never I feel done like that that's ever. overkill. I like, think so if too. You, if you train how you're supposed to train, the just time on your feet and maintaining a pace that you know that you're going to be able to maintain for a while, that's what you do. That's it's what I did in New Jersey this past uh, year. I just I didn't come out too hot because I ran a race with Chad in Virginia and we both went out like super hot and like right. it. It, it kind of warped my mind saying that you can't go out ridiculously hot at these races because I end up catching people who go out ridiculously hot at these races. Right. It's it's finding a comfortable pace and settling in because the race isn't won in the first couple of miles. The race is won in the last couple of miles. Yep. And if it's a long race and mm-hmm. you've got gas in the tank and the person that you're racing against is struggling... There's no point in trying to gain a 20-second advantage on someone in the beginning whenever you're gaining a three-, four-minute advantage on them toward the end. Yeah, man. Dan Weber's great at doing that, too, man. He'll come out and stick to a pace, and he can maintain that pace the whole race, man. I don't know how many times he's come around me and passed me towards the end of a race and just got so much gas left. Yeah, and then he'll talk about how shitty the race was at the end of it, too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I wanted to do so much pace. better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, the, the the ultra pacing I like. I mean, that's what I did when I went to Australia. Is I, f- I f- just dropped into a comfortable pace and raced that and what? felt good. I didn't know you went to Australia. Yeah. What race did you do in Australia? I did the 24-hour enduro race down in Australia last year. Oh, wow. Um, it was the inaugural of uh, the OCR uh, WC. Yeah, yeah. they did a, a 24-hour ultra down in Sydney, Australia. Um, there was nine of us that went down, and uh, seven of us raced. And, man, you, you talk about an experience. Oh, I bet that, that was, was crazy. Yeah, I ended up logging almost 80 miles during that race. Jeez. Ended up on the podium for the age group. No uh, That's The awesome. old man category. Yeah, it was a hard cut, so if I had gas in the tank because I'd paced myself properly, had I known that, that it wasn't a hard cut, I would have went back out and raced uh, raced another another lap and uh, beat the guy who beat me because he ran the same mileage as I did. He was yeah. just a little faster than I was. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was trailing him the whole race. I couldn't catch him, so maybe he was in a, he was in a comfortable pace, too, and I just... Could not catch the guy. When I crossed the, the, you know, you cross the finish line and you run through where the tents and all that for the, the transition areas and the pit area. So every time you came through, you saw where your position was. Right. Uh, which I thought was actually kind of cool because you could look over and you see your lap time and what position you're in and all that. And the whole entire race, I was in 
second place. Oh, that's cool. And that was one of the things that I set out to do besides last year at the Jersey Ultra race and age group, I called my race there and then going to Australia. I had a goal in mind and just set out to go get that. I wanted to at least bring home one of them 75-mile buckles. And, yeah, that's I was racing for goals last year. I was racing for uh, my late mother, and that's one thing I'm going to break out in West Virginia. Maybe I can get lucky and hit that spear, and, you know, you're, you're going to have all your West Coast guys come. Ireland's oh, yeah. going to be there probably. Oh, yeah. It's you're going to have be, Bruce oh, yeah. there. It's going to bring out all the, all the big dogs because Ireland can motor, and so can Bruce. I expect to see those guys on the podium in West Virginia. Yeah, but Ireland's um, not know, in our age group this year. He's not. I, uh, I thought he was. Uh, uh-uh, he's in. I think he's in Cole's age group, isn't he? Nah, I thought he's only like. I thought I saw a listing for him. He's either forty-three or forty-four in our age group. Oh, really? I was thinking he was yeah. in Cole's. I could have sworn yeah. Cole was telling me this weekend that that was some of his competition. Maybe not. Maybe it was somebody else he was talking about. Maybe it's Kevin Galati. Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, the uh, <laughs> Ireland, Ireland will be there, and like, yeah, they, I, I got all you guys didn't decide to go to Tahoe, so it, it rolled down to me. Did so it? I ended up qualifying for Worlds. I was thirty seventh uh, in the uh, the standings for our age group. Well, so, I didn't. I was twenty third, but I didn't. I'm not going, so I didn't sign up. So yeah, I've, I've raced Tahoe twice, and I've, I've had my feel of it, and. Uh, they they asked a question earlier today. I don't know if you saw. They're like, where are we going to where, where to hold the world championship in twenty twenty? Oh, I didn't see I that. A, I heard a little birdie whisper to me, which you know they had talked about it before, but it's it's going to be on the move from what I'm hearing. That would be so much better. It it doesn't need to be a race about who can handle elevation the best. Yeah, and, and that was one thing I, I saw on actually one of the comments somebody had spoke about like. Get it to where like it's at a little bit of a level, pl- more level playing field to where, you know, it, it's not elevation that you need to acclimate to, you know, two, three weeks before the race. Yep. And yeah, I, I would like to see him. I would love to see him bring it back to Vermont because I never got an opportunity to race any of those. That would be uh, awesome. Vermont races whenever it was world championships. So that would be pretty awesome. Either that or West Virginia is just a, an outstanding venue. I think so, too. I think West overseas, Virginia would be a good you know place for it. Yeah. If, if, they, if they take overseas, I, I would love to go race. I heard Morzine is awesome and Andorra is awesome. So yeah. that's, that's two places I like to go to. Yeah, both of those places look good. Or even maybe the Sparta venue. Yeah, uh, the, the Sparta venue looks interesting to me. Um I don't know about going to Greece in November, but <laughs> it's interesting. If, if they were to take it over there and do the world championship one time, yeah, I, I'd might consider going and racing it and attempting to qualify for it. Then Spartan puts them actually on a global a, a global market. Hey, our world championship is here. Yeah. And, you know, they just move it around. But, yeah, having it in Tahoe for a fifth year in a row, yeah, I'm not a fan, to be honest. Not yeah. a fan. Well, I've never done it, and everybody talks about how it's really cool in the venue and everything, but, man, that's an expensive trip for my poor ass. <laughs> it, I mean, it is a fun venue, but there's only so much that they can do with that venue. Yeah, I heard and, it's pretty much you just go up and down, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, like, you, you, you go up one side of the mountain and you come off the other side of the mountain. From everything that I've understood, like, they're not allowed to, like, cut any new trails and all that up through there. That's no fun. There's some, uh, I mean, I understand. There's some really but, rocky I mean. terrain going down through there on the backside. One year I went, the first year I went, we climbed it, and then on the second year that I went on the backside, we came down it. Yeah. And it was, 2017 was by far, in my opinion, the best year they ran the world championship there because it almost seemed like Spartan was, they were very innovative with how they did that monkey in the middle with right. the twist, two sections of twister, a full monkey bars and two more sections of twister. And that was a year was was like 17 miles too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, like a 30, almost a 35 mile ultra. Wow. And everything. But yeah, like there's two spear throws, double sandbag carry. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at that race. <laughs> And it, it was awesome. 2016, I thought, was a little tame. But, you know, people freak out whenever they get in that water up there. Like, yeah. I was speaking to... Um, I think that uh, would be bad on me, too. That cold water yeah. would be... It, 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 everybody freaks out whenever they get in there. I got the perfect way of training for that, in my opinion, anyway. They so just take you a hot shower, and then at the end of your hot shower, just turn off the hot water and just... Build your time on how long that you can hack that. And once you're up past, like, if you can swim pretty decent, um, yeah, man, uh, you can hack three minutes under ice-cold water, you can beat that swim very easy. Because, I mean, like, it's chilly water. It's, you know, around 50 degrees because it's so elevated. And yeah. it's snowpack. And, you know, I was talking to a young lady who's going out uh to race the ultra out there and she was asking about the swim and i, I told her that exact same thing as like it, it's all about controlling your breath and just not freaking out while you're in there if you can handle that then you can handle anything hmm. yeah maybe one day i'm kind of interested yeah. in that owl's head ultra they talk everybody talked about how it being harder in killington i've done killington what's the next best thing you know what i mean yeah, I heard uh, there's somebody talking about how Killington was harder than Al's head. I actually told that guy mid-race that he'd lost his mind. <laughs> so there's no way that, you know, Killington, very fun venue. Very fun venue. There's sections in Killington that you can run. There's really yeah, no lots. section to where you can run at Al's head. You're just out there slogging miles the entire time. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a... It's a race of its own. It's not none of the obstacles. They're not. They're not super sexy. They don't have anything that's like ridiculously hard. Right. That mountain is your biggest obstacle. Yep. They don't list it on the map. <laughs> they, they list like the how like the elevation changes on the map, but they just don't list it on the obstacle list because that's what kicks your ass the most. Is just man, it just it it beats you up so hard. So that sounds hard. fun. It'd probably be cheaper to fly to there than it would be to go to Tahoe anyway. Fly into Burlington, Vermont and drive. It's not that bad of a trip. Because, I mean, it's just right across the border. Right. Uh, it, it, it's a closer uh, closer drive, I think, to Bur from Burlington than it is from Montreal. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, you go, we, we stayed in Jay Peak. Uh, which is like a, an awesome ski resort, which, by the way, I saw like their ad about their ski and all that stuff. Just looking at that picture that they took of that mountain, it just looks ridiculously cold. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I was talking to someone who had been to Jay and had uh, 
skied there. They're like, it's the coldest skiing I've ever did in my entire life. Mm. And I was talking to the little lady that uh, she worked at one of the general stores that's way up there. She's like, yeah, there's snow on the ground here typically about seven and a half to eight months out of the year. And I just, I couldn't imagine that. So, yeah, Al's Head's only like 20 minutes uh, across the U.S.-Canadian border in Quebec. Oh, it's a tiny bad. little, it's a, it's a very tiny little place that you cross over at in North Troy. And, yeah, it's like two turns and you're at Al's Head. The views are beautiful, though, coming off and looking at that lake. It was very awesome to see that. As bad as it sucked to get pulled because of that storm, right. I was coming down one of the... Uh, one of the more scenic descents and watching that storm come in on that lake. There wasn't a lot of running done because you're, you're coming down. Imagine running down the double sandbag carry at, um, Palmerton, but instead of it just being that little section, it just being elongated for like, you know, mile, mile and a half. Wow. Stupid. Stupid. Be hell on your hip flexors. Uh, Quad blowers, dude. My yeah. quads were so sore that next day. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, hey, Jason, man, we're already over an hour here, man. But I always like asking this one question. I and uh, so to this point, what has been your most favorite race, and why? Favorite race. I would say it would have to be last year's Jersey Ultra in twenty eighteen. Because yeah. my mother passed in January, and I was like, I'm going to win that race for her. Not only win the age group, but I'm going to win it overall. And I ended up winning it by 20 minutes over the second place person. Wow, you crushed it. I mean, I, I run elite at that one, but and I did pretty good, but your time was better than mine. I remember that. Yeah, like I, I ended up at 7.54 that race. Um, the guy who I ended up beating... Uh, the last time that I saw him uh, was at the spear throw on the first lap. We got there at the exact same time. I stuck mine, and he had to run up that nanny <laughs> field. That was like a penalty loop. Yep, because that, that I, one in Twister had penalty loops that year. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't see him after that. But as far as my favorite race, yeah, just being able to know that I, I, I set that one goal, and I felt so so good that entire race i cried like a baby after that race because i knew that nobody had passed me and there was like a you know i was a little upset at the end of the race because i'm like nobody passed me how am i fourth in the age group like i was out in front the whole entire time oh and yeah, there was like a discrepancy with like there was a, a couple of guys that had crossed the finish line uh that didn't turn in their timing chips uh. and just uh yeah i remember jason barnes uh he was he was telling me like how you feel about this race and i was like well i ran a 50k last month and i'm just going to treat it like it's a 50k with some shit in it (laughs) and that's how i ended up treating it and i just i could not have ran a more perfect race in my opinion and I, i did it for my mama and i was i was glad i was able to do that is that was at the beginning of that year, dude, it couldn't have started off any worse, you know, having to deal with something like that. But right. to be able to, you know, you want to go out and win something and you actually go out and do it, it, it was, it, it, you put your mind.
mind to it, you can accomplish anything, to quote Back to the Future. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just what you do. That's awesome. I man, and I, and I dread, you know, and you talking about losing your mom, and my mom is getting up in a, in age too, and uh, I just I dread the day that you know she passes away, and you have to deal with all that stuff, you know, man. Yeah, man, I feel you, dude. Like it's uh, it's rough. I, it, I can only imagine it being really rough, and I think about it all the time. Yeah, it's it's it, it's definitely not fun, brother. Saying enjoy your folks while you have them. Yeah. You only have one set of them. That's that's my only advice, and that's to anybody out there. Right. If you have any beef with them, squash that shit and just you know talk to them. You mm. can talk to them because you only have one pair one pair of parents. Yeah. So, all right, man. Here's my last question, and it's the opposite. What race did you hate the most? Oh boy. What race did I hate the most? I would probably say the Owl's Head Ultra in 2016. Because the race venue was highly underprepared for what was going to happen. It wasn't um, standing in line and waiting for heavy carries. I was not a fan of at all because they did not have enough buckets. They had a slosh pipe um, carry. Uh, they didn't have enough, I don't know, if, I can't remember if there was a sandbag on it. I know there was an ammo carry on it, and we were just backed up so much at every one of them. And you're running a race, especially an ultra, and so you're running against the clock. Yeah. That's and you're no standing in line waiting for these obstacles to open up. So surely that happened on the second lap, right? No, that was the first lap, sir. No way. Very first lap. Were they running a yeah. beast course at the same time, too? Uh, what was that? Were they running a beast course at the same time too, or something? Yeah, the uh, the beast the beast hadn't even went off yet. Oh man, they were unprepared for that race then. Yeah, they were highly underprepared. They they ended up running out of water on the mountain. It was an unusually warm day there. Everyone said I mean, it was in the mid eighties, and there's no shade at Owl's Head whatsoever. Whenever you're going down some of these trails, oh wow! Uh, the, the Ultra Loop had some shade. But that was the only section that had any, because you're, you're running down, like, some of these fire roads and whatnot, and zero shade, zero shade. I I don't think I'd sweat so much at one race. Like, I did there this year also, but just the sun the sun's out and it's beating on you. Yeah, but I, I wasn't a fan of having to wait at obstacles whenever you're, you're trying to beat the clock. And it's eating into that time hack. Because the Ultra there that year didn't start until 8 a.m. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, you're, you're, they were trying to close the course at 10. And Brandon Martin was there, uh, OCR Yeti. They were running together for a little while. I think they ended up extending the time, uh, for like a half hour and Brandon had barely made it and it did it like in 14 and a half hours or something. But yeah, there was just like even the elite guy, Jesse Bruce won it that year. It took him nine hours to run it that year. So that just tells you how hard that course is. If an elite guy takes that long to run that race, like it's just ridiculous uh, how difficult that race is. But yeah, just, was not a fan of having to stand in line for the heavy carries and all that because you're raring to go and you got people up on the mound that are just sitting on buckets yeah. or 
you know, you couldn't see where people were at with the slosh pipes because it went back and it bent the, the way the route went. You saw them and then they curved back to the right and you didn't see them. And it just, I guess it was one big loop. And yeah, just the lines were ridiculous too because they were running an Ultra Beast there, which actually tomorrow is the anniversary of me DNFing the only race that I've ever DNFed at is that one. I've never once DNFed after that. That that really warped my mind. That race. Mm. That's like I'll I'll never unless I break something, I'll always finish. Right. So you think it's because you had to wait in line for the carries while you didn't make the time hacks? Yes. Well, I mean, like I made the I made the transition area. Right. Uh, with about forty minutes to spare. Saying what's really sad was I had signed up for the elite race, and. I was traveling by myself. Like this year, getting through like that same uh, border crossing was no problem because I had four people or three other people in the vehicle with me. Right. And me, I was by myself and got held up at the border for a second day in a row. Oh man! By, uh, the Canadian people, uh, the the border patrol. So that eight in because I was supposed to start at eight. I barely made the uh, last open. Ultra Beast Way, which was at 8.45. Oh, no. The, the parking there was a big cluster where they had the uh, initial parking lot. That got full, and they were putting people on the street. So I had to run, essentially, I would say a mile just to get to where the start line was and get everything. Luckily, I had taken my um, transition bucket the day before and dropped all that off and picked up my uh, time chip and all that. I'm lucky right. I had that, or else I would not have. I would not have made the race if I'd had to go through registration because Man. I'd got held up. And then just compound the the waiting at the obstacles on top of that. Yeah. There was no point in me going out and putting in that work and knowing how bad that race sucked. <laughs> I mean, like it was actually harder this year than it was that year. Right. And going out and putting in that work and getting yanked off the course because of not making a time hack and it really not being your fault because of getting held up at obstacles. Yeah, I wouldn't have been a fan because, I mean, it was tough getting pulled because of the weather this year. I was so mad. But work, putting in the work and then getting pulled because you didn't make a time hack and you can attribute that from having to stand and wait in line at obstacles. Yeah, that's no bueno. I wouldn't have been uh, too happy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people's done races where they were going to do double sandbags and they run out of bags and then the rest of the heat only has to carry one when everybody carries two. And that's frustrating in hell. And, I mean, they yeah. even run out of bags at Palmerton this year because I know you you might not have saw it because you finished the carry faster than me, but by the time I got to the top of the hill, the line was already about 15 or 20 people deep waiting on sandbags. The yeah, men, the men, that's anyway. That's a huge problem. They do. They run out of sandbags at Palmerton every, every single year. year. Every single year. I was lucky that because the line was just starting to build whenever I got there, and I was lucky that somebody was coming up to throw theirs into the bin and just handed it off to me, and I just trucked down the hill and trucked back up. But yeah, I, I saw exactly what it was that you just described. Yeah. Just the line was starting to back up. And that's the only, that's the real crap part is you got to haul ass up that first ascent because if you don't, <laughs> then you're going to be waiting. 
I know, and just think we were that we weren't even the last heat to go out. There was the heat of you know the twenty year olds and the fifty year olds. You know they was all behind us, so you know they got up there and they had to wait in line too. Yeah, that's so it's it's. It, it, that's that's a very frustrating thing because yes. they they should have at least had like some of the burlaps there in my right. opinion because those those Spartan bags they used I saw people they were sand falling out of them yep. and they're just weathered and yeah they just they never bring enough sandbags and I've never understood why yeah we'll see. I think they didn't make up the burlap bags this time because they figured oh well we're not doing a double sandbag we'll have plenty. They don't think about how many people stop and sit on that hill with that sandbag, you know. Well, yeah, the, the Palmer, Palmerton's known for its sandbag carry. Yeah. And going up at 37% grade is hard. It's hard whenever you've got one sandbag. Yeah. And like you said, how do we do two? And I, I did right. two and not stops and did one, and it just it, it, it sucked just as bad with one as it did with two. Yeah. So, yeah, there's... It, there's, it, it breaks people down, and yeah, like it, it takes time, and they just yeah, they'll they'll figure it out one year, just one year, <laughs> they'll, they'll they'll not be a problem. Maybe it'll Who be knows? next year. I'm planning on going back. Hey man, I look forward to seeing you. I do. As far as you come back to Palmerton, yeah, yeah. And maybe I, maybe I could hit my spear and get ahead of you at the Irish table again. Yeah, you probably will <laughs> if it's as tall as it was there. <laughs> yeah, that Irish table, man, that, that's a little bit of a game changer it is. Uh, thing that they've did with that vertical cargo. I like it. Yeah, especially if it's wet. That thing is hard. Yeah. You can't get no grip on it with your hands. It's hard to jump on that thing. Just got to jump straight up at it, brother. That's, <laughs> you get to it and just, you kind of just, you get just the tiniest momentum. You only have to run at it, really, yeah. in my know, opinion. And you know what I was thinking about? Jump straight up. You know what I was thinking about? Like, somebody that, like, was a high school, like, high jumper. You know, if you could just run up there and just, you know, if you were a good high jumper and just run up there and just jump on it and just land flat on your back like you were jumping over that pole to land on the mat. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that too high, high for me. Like was high. Yes. Like, in Asheville, it wasn't that high. I mean, like. Yeah, it, it was, was doable. Hitting, but. Because yeah. it was doable. wet when we got there, and it was doable oh, because yeah. it wasn't they as high. They had a snowmaker on at Palmerton right through there uh, for the elites, yeah. uh, from what I heard. And that's why it was wet. Yeah, it was so. soaked. And not to mention, we went through that lake right before we got to it. That lake felt good, though. It did. I swam in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that one little section there toward the end was deep. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you had to swim in it. Yeah. But yeah, it was refreshing for sure, especially after... Running, I mean that was what mile seven almost. Yeah. So I was yeah. wore out was, by the end of that race, good. without a doubt. You crushed it, dude. I, I'm super proud of you. I am because the, those guys that we race against, they're all animals. Yeah, they're all animals, and they they haul ass, and they're not giving us anything, and we ain't giving them anything. So it's like for an hour and forty five minutes, it all bets are off. Yeah. I mean, we'll still compete with each other and all that other stuff, and yeah, but uh, we always we kind of talk shit to each other whenever we get by everything. Which I got up that Irish tail of Palmerton. I was like, "Come on, Scott, get up that." Yeah, you got this. shoot. It took me like four more tries after you'd already left. <laughs> I know, yeah. dude. I I swear to you, man. I almost walked over there and started burpees, and I said, "Nope, I'm going to try it one more time." And that was the time okay. I got it. 
And I'm and glad I did because I hate being beat by something. Man, I don't care what position I'm at. I would rather have a burpee free race, man. That's my oh, goal. Yeah. I want to have a clean race. Everything else is a bonus, man. Yeah. Burpees, they, they suck. They do. I did a lot on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot on Saturday. Oh. Yeah, we had a good time, man. We'll redeem ourselves when we go to West Virginia in a few weeks. Heck yeah, man. I can't wait to see what day you're getting there. Uh, I'm going to get there just the day before, but I'm going to go to the open house. All right, that, you'll probably see me at the open house. That's where I, that's the only open house I've ever went to is West Virginia. Yeah, it's a good and, one. Uh, though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go chuck a spear too. Uh, <laughs> I need to. I need to practice that. If I can nail that spear, the rest of the rest of the race is cream cheese. I got it. That's right. But as long as I don't, as long as I don't get stung, you know that's the other thing. I got stung there last year. That wasn't fun at all. Right. Was yeah. it where that bucket carry was at? Is that where you got stung? <laughs> No, it was about 10 miles into the race. That was the year before where the bucket carry was. That's right. Everybody got stung You're right, because it was on that hill. That's right. Yeah, I was coming off, of, I don't know if you remember, there's kind of like a swampy area about 10 miles in. And, uh, yeah, I was coming off of one of the technical downhills. I, was, I, don't, I don't think the guy was in my age group, but I was running behind, and he... Uh, started yelping like a little girl and about two seconds later i started yelping like a little girl too. i was swatting it swatting at hornets or yellow jackets or something ended up getting tagged four times and i must have got one because i pulled the stinger out of my achilles uh, at the finish line it ended up knocking me out of the super the next day because my foot got all swollen up from oh, it. Scary. it was it was terrible I, the achilles uh, that stinger being in there pumping that uh that poison into me yeah Mm. It, it, it kind of stunk. It, my foot didn't feel right for a week, brother. It got me good. Man. got me really good. That's a bummer, you know, having that happen, not being able to run on Sunday. Yeah. I was limping my big ass around. <laughs> it, it wasn't fun watching everybody be in the corral, and I'm just left behind. Yeah. That, that wasn't fun in the least. Oh, I bet it was. But I'm going back. If I can avoid getting <laughs> stung. I know coming up that hill at Asheville this past weekend, they were spraying down a hornet's nest. They got stirred up. And I was like, this is great. I want to get stung again and get knocked out of my races tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't see any of uh, this weekend or this past weekend. I didn't see any. I know they said yeah. there was some, like, close to that little mud pit coming out of the start gate, but I didn't see them. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, they, uh, they were spraying down where uh, Hornet's Nest was at, coming off of the, the little uh, ascent right after the spear. Dude had emptied, like, two cans of Hornet spray. Oh, wow. Uh, onto where they had found it at. He's like, yeah, just swing around to the left a little bit heavy and you should be able to get around them. I was like, trust me, I'm going to follow your advice. <laughs> Sprang it down real good because I, I guess some people got tagged. Yeah. And that's that's the only thing. It, I, getting stung doesn't hurt. It just sucks. Yeah, it, it does. And it, it catches you by surprise and you're like, eh, yeah, that ain't fun. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I can handle black bears. They'll run away from me. That's Hornets, right. No, they, they come towards you, and they are relentless. Yep. I know. I don't want to get stung by one during the race. Just, I mean, I'm not allergic to them, but, I mean, you know, you swell up from them regardless, you know. Yeah, especially where I got stung at. Like my, like I said, it was, it was my, my right foot that got tagged, uh, my Achilles. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, the like, way you're working that, that in a race, foot, it probably no. just, you know... You know, agitates it even that much more the way you're constantly using your Achilles during the race. Agreed. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. 150,000 percent on that one. <laughs> well, shoot, Jason, man, we're already almost an hour and a half into this, man. I don't want to hold you up any longer, man, but is there anything else you want to add, dude? No, man, I'm just looking to see every, looking forward to seeing everybody at the race. I, I talked to everybody, so if you see me, just come up and say hello. If you ask any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them for you. If you need tips, you can look me up, uh, ask me over the Facebook, social media, uh, Jason Brown, I'm on Facebook, and Insano Ducky on Instagram. Yeah, just look for him. He'll be wearing the pink shorts with the yellow ducks on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to wear a different pair for West Virginia. New right. pair. New pair. Yeah, that's what, usually what I do. New pair, different color. <laughs> yeah, and he's a cool dude. Even though he's this big, mean-looking guy, he's a real cool dude. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little puppy dog, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Jason, man, I appreciate you talking to us, man, and we'll see you in a few weeks at West Virginia. All right, brother. Be safe. Keep in touch. Yeah, man. Later. Have a good day. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Ducky again for taking the time to talk to us. That was a really fun episode for me. Uh, thanks for everybody that came up to me and said hello in Asheville. It means a lot. I really appreciate it. And to everybody that didn't go to Asheville, I suggest you try that venue at least once. It's such a fun suffer fest. I promise you, you'll have a good time. Uh, West Virginia's in a few weeks. I'll be there. My buddy Michael's going with me. My girlfriend Leanne's going with me. It's always such a fun weekend. It's Leanne's first time. She's really excited about going. I'm super excited about going back for the third year in a row. Come up to me and say what's up. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes and I will read it. That's all I got. We'll see you at the next race later. Later.